Welcome to Podheim, Jirok's Valheim podcast. Let's give him the business. Hey, everybody. Today is May 3rd, 2022. I'm your host, Jirok the Viking, and joining me today are my fellow Vikings, Gwen the Shield Maiden. Hello there. Shield Maiden, Morning Darkness. And Viking Thorin, a.k.a. Metarune. Hey, everybody. Remember that time when you were first running through the swamp thinking, wow, this place is really scary. And then you run by a tree stump and it pulls itself up out of the ground and stomps and gives you the business. Yep. We're going to do that today. And we're going to give you some swamp business later when we interview Nick Rockcliffe and he talks about his swamp only challenge. So we have a few announcements. We have a guest coming up later on the show, Nick Rockcliffe, who likes to do uh, various uh, Valheim challenges, speed challenge, vegan challenge. And he has a new challenge to discuss with us this week. But uh, before we get to that stuff, I was wondering if anyone did anything interesting over the last week or weekend, maybe Gwen, who's been missing for the last three or four days. Yes, it was a long weekend over here in the UK. We had a a bank holiday on Monday and I went to the biggest annual reenactment show of the society I'm part of, uh, the 12th century uh, Norman reenactment society that I'm part of. And it was amazing. I stayed over from Friday to Monday, came back late last night. So I'm quite tired, nice. <laughs> uh, but it was so nice to be just completely disconnected from everything for four days and had so much fun. Um, I might be posting some pictures out. Oh, yeah, I have a, I have an Instagram now because I thought I some things are better shared uh, in pictures and not in YouTube videos. So I will probably be posting a few pictures here and there on my Instagram, Gwenda Shield Maiden, Maiden, for everyone, anyone who's interested. Nice. Awesome. Sounds Very like fun. Cool. I managed to finish my dress on time. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> the 11th hour, honestly, I was, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I was still like hemming the stuff on the, in the car there and hemming uh-huh. the last bits the morning of, but oh, apparently it's, yeah, apparently it's like you're not a real reenactor if you don't do that. <laughs> if you're not like coming <laughs> on the way to the show. <laughs> I uh, I've been looking at uh, the Grimfrost, one of my sponsors, who have uh, all kinds of authentic clothing, but also looking around on Etsy in a few places. I have to hit hit you up, Gwen, and get some of your advice because I don't want to buy something that looks cool but then is completely not uh, you know authentic uh, era. Yes, I managed to convert you away from the biker Vikings. Yeah. Oh, I'm so looking forward to my leather Monty pants. Is proud. <laughs> what, what about you, Morning? Did you do anything fun this weekend, maybe? Yeah, well, it was my birthday last Thursday. Yes, happy birthday again. Happy birthday. Mm. Yeah, oh my gosh, you guys did so much. I know, Jirok, you weren't feeling well, but you reset that, that pyramid POI, which I know you're going to talk about later. And that was super fun. And I mean, so one of the things I did this weekend, it's, it's kind of a sad story. (laughs) Um, but one of the things that I sort of like to, to live my life on is getting to spend some time at the beach at least every year. Um, it's a special place for me. 
And this year, my, my dad wanting to make it a special thing. And my stepmom brought me to the coast to uh, Muir Beach, which is a really famous, beautiful beach. But it has a really long like walkway through some wetlands out to the beach. And then you get there. And I mean, so for those of you who don't know, I have mobility issues. I have some time on my feet, but I'm mostly in a wheelchair. And I didn't think we were going to do anything except for go out to dinner. And so we brought both dogs and the baby and me and my niece. And so there was no room in the car for the wheelchair. And so I just had my cane. And then my dad was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to the beach. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> did you guys call uh-huh. ahead of time and, and, and rent the beach wheelchair? Oh, no, I forgot about that. Uh, do we have a blanket or something like in the car that I can use to crawl if I need to on the, on the sand? Oh no, we didn't think of that. Long story short, I absolutely wiped myself out. Um, you know, walking in short bursts when I could and then crawling on the beach once we got to the soft sand. Mm. Um, but I did it. Like I persevered and I, I got to the beach. I got to see my kid, you know, playing in the sand and looking at the ocean for the first time and watch the dogs digging in the sand. And it was really, it was a really wonderful positive experience, but it wiped me out for like the rest of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. But I did it. I made it to the beach and I persevered and like I did a thing that I didn't really think I could do. So for me, that's interesting and exciting. Yeah. Do yeah. You know, well, good for you. well, since we, what was that? we live in the, the same area, I'm curious if you remember which beach you went to. Muir, Muir Beach. Oh, yeah, M-U-I-R. Muir Beach. Yeah, that's a cool yeah. one. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Nice to get to the beach. I definitely love to get to the beach uh, mm-hmm. once or twice during the summer. I don't go a ton because it's not super accessible out here. Uh-huh. Like like you know, when I used to live in Southern California growing up, it was it's only 20 minutes away. So I was there all the time. But uh, Thorin, did you do anything interesting or fun that you wanted to mention this weekend? Uh, not too much. We had a f- friend in town that we were hosting, so just lots of visiting with friends. Um, had some people over for a barbecue one night and did a pizza night the other night. So I, good times, just catching up with people. Oh, I think that having just hanging out with friends on the weekend, whether you go to their house or they come over to yours, is it's just some of my favorite weekends, you know, when you get to do that. So that, I consider that an, an amazing weekend. Definitely. Yeah, we had an uni pizza oven on order. Uh, I don't know if any of you are familiar with that, but it's like a propane fired pizza oven that we were really excited to use. And we planned a pizza night around it and then our delivery got delayed and it showed up on Monday and our pizza night was Sunday, which was too bad. But we we made them in the in the oven and they were still excellent. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Did you officially kick off the barbecue season? Yep. Yeah, it's getting nice enough now. Uh, We've had a few barbecues. Yeah, I want to start having people over for barbecues, especially because uh, I spent the much of the pandemic, you know, uh, trapped at home. So I redid my landscaping in my front yard and my whole backyard and everything. And part of that uh, happened this weekend. I got to do a little more upgrading because we went to the Alameda Antiques Fair. Uh, it happens on the first Sunday of each month. It's on the old Alameda Naval Base, a huge, I think I mentioned it in previous podcasts, but this week we uh, well we every time we go we're always looking for a few th- specific things and then you know whatever else catches your eye and a couple of things we are always looking for are concrete animal statues and preferably unpainted 
because our whole front yard has rocks and a palm tree and a nice little setting. And we just we, we, we one time we put out, I think, a little rabbit statue that we got. And we thought, oh, that looks nice out there. Now we have a whole bunch of animal statue, little animal concrete figures out there. And this week we picked up our biggest one yet. Yet it's a donkey. It st- stands about uh, two <laughs> and a half feet tall. So it's huge. And he's got these big ears. He's this expression on his face. He just looks like he's he's having a blast. So he's a new addition. We got a little concrete duck to add um, to all the animals. We probably got about 12 concrete animals out there now. And we also, we picked up um, these little metal art statues, which are probably about 18 inches to two feet in height or uh, except for the flamingo. So we got a, a hen. It's like black and white with a bright red. Um, I don't know what you call that little flap on its head. Uh, and, and a flamingo that stands probably about three feet tall, bright pink one. And it goes great <laughs> with our, our metal rooster, which is just an amazingly decorated. Um, and of course I've got all kinds of metal signs and wall tackers from breweries and old, TV trays and all kinds of things all over my redwood wall. So I'm trying to, to color it all up with that stuff. And it's a lot of fun. Nice to get out, especially, uh, you know, when you're sitting at home and like I was, as morning mentioned, I was sick a little bit last week. And so getting out Sunday was, was nice to do that. And last time you went to that uh, fair, you brought back two pairs of cowboy boots, didn't you? Oh, yes. We never got to see this, the cowboy boots. <laughs> Maybe when we do the face reveal, I'll do my cowboy boot reveal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dear. You darn tootin', Thorin. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're red. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, you'll just have to wait and see. Uh, so uh, over this last week, we we uh, had a couple of new videos posted by each of us. Uh, I I posted one on um, uh, called the ancient ruins unearthed because Valheim released uh, some new pictures of the Mistlands where they introduce what something that looks like a bridge or maybe an aqueduct, and then there's a second building uh, with uh, a kind of like a marbly looking stone, uh, same as the bridge, but it's also got a face on it, some kind of dwarven looking face on it. I don't know. It's pretty interesting looking little metal braziers there. I got a video on that. Also, uh, I mentioned, I, uh, I did a bunch of videos on getting out into the um, other side of dungeons and caves. So when you go in getting on the other side of that wall, because each dungeon and cave are up in a skybox, And when you get outside those walls and walk on top of the dungeon or cave, looks like you're kind of on another world, like you're in hell or something like this weird void space. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and it's a little bit different procedure for each one. So I show, I have four videos, one on the Sunken Crypt, Burial Chamber, Troll Cave, and Frost Cave. And no mods needed to do it either. And Love of co- it. Yeah. And of course, you know, I'm always sleeping when they release these little teasers. And I woke up this morning to find that um, they had uh, Grimcore had teased a couple of new images of the Mistlands landscape and some more ruins. So I made a video on that before we started recording the podcast. And yeah, that was fun. What about, what about you, Thorne? You did a... A couple of things over the last week. Uh, yeah, I don't remember whether I mentioned it last time, but uh, live streamed the latest episode of our new series, The Business Givers. 
uh, which is kind of a, a playthrough uh, with our admin and helper group. Uh, and that's been a lot of fun. We had Morning Darkness helping out on the uh, kind of the, the free fly camera for the first time, which was cool. And yeah, that, that's always a, a good time playing with you folks. So uh, check that out. If you haven't seen it, we uh, we are streaming every every couple weeks, week or every couple weeks. And uh, then, yeah, I also had a video on the ancient ruins similar to Jirok. Um, I got into uh, speculating around what of the new things that they previewed will be available to us to build um, as regular players. You know, hopefully uh, we get something uh, to add to our buildings, whether it be the kind of bronze border that they were using on some of the buildings or even potentially some new stone building pieces, which could be cool. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's all I've had for now. I've got a few things in the works, but nothing too much for the last couple of weeks. Just been uh, busy with with uh, people visiting in town. Awesome. Awesome. How about you, Gwen? You, uh, you, before you went on your little Viking vacation, you, you got a couple of videos up, didn't you? Yeah. 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 I had a, well, we had a, a big milestone on our community server. We reached 10,000 days in mm, Valheim awesome. on our server. Woo. So that was a big milestone. Um, so we we had been keeping an eye on it since day 8,000. I think we were like, uh, or 9,000. We were like, oh, okay, we're getting close to the 10K. We need to be keeping an eye on it. We need to make sure someone takes a screenshot and all of that. And um, we tried over the, the weeks, uh, the week leading to the 10,000, we tried to keep track and calculate how many days and uh, actual days and hours it would be in, in real life to make sure that someone would be there. Uh, but that proved to be a lot harder than uh, we thought, uh, just because sometimes people skip through the night by sleeping or if there's no one on the server, I think it pauses time. Um, those sort of quirks. So we didn't get our estimations quite right, but like the 24 hours before we were pretty sure which day it would happen. So we were all kind of like waiting uh, and we ended up making a little event out of it. So I streamed a bit at the last minute, um, but I wanted to record the 10,000 days we we ended up doing a celebration a bit like a new year's eve <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not quite with the countdown but we did do fireworks and so on so that was a really fun event i think we had about 20 people online at the time uh all all together in the great hall and uh with the tankards out and so on so that was uh that was good fun um, but yeah, after that I had, uh, I was away, so I didn't have much time for video editing, but I'm still working on some more clips from Grim Core's interview. Uh, and also on a clip that I managed to recover from our no map adventures, I somehow thought that I re recorded it wrong with my, uh, recorded the other people's voices that were with me at the time, but not mine. And turns out it was just me being, um, a bit dumb dumb uh and i realized that i actually had recorded but just on different tracks uh so i managed to recover that clip and it's a very well at least very funny to me um clip it was one of our funniest moments on no map i won't spoil it but i will try to make a cool video out of it and post it uh in the coming weeks and Is this that i wasn't a part of Yes, it was the famous yeah, uh, Death exactly. of Schmucks. It, it's yes. the one that, yeah, you've heard. I think most people on the server has have heard of this unfortunate <laughs> event that happened to one of our no map crew. 
Um, it was just so ridiculous, but so hilarious. I think we were laughing for 10 minutes straight, um, literally in tears. So yeah, I've, I've been wanting to share that moment, even just for the people who were there and who wanted to relive it. So I'll be posting that at some point once I get a chance to edit it. And then tomorrow, um, of course, by the time this recording comes out, uh, that event will have happened. But uh, tomorrow I will be streaming the May the 4th Star Wars builds competition, which I'm very mm. excited about. But we'll talk about that in uh, in a moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what about you, Morning? You had some streams going on. I did. Um, I also streamed the, the 10,000 days on the server. Um, <laughs> that was definitely entertaining. Uh, and then... I did. <laughs> I streamed on my birthday uh, for something close to to eleven hours. Oh wow! Oh my! What? <laughs> wow! Split up into three into three videos. Uh, first, because my computer overheated and froze, so I had to restart. And then the second time, because my my husband and my family took me out to dinner, um, and and so you know I paused, and then I I came back and I joined. Uh, Red Fairy and her group, uh, her group of uh, ladies' night misfits, <laughs> and it's girls only in tree houses, and you go on adventures. And uh, we went up into the m- mountains and got hit by logs that a golem knocked down, and like one person died. It was hilarious. Um. So yeah, my my birthday streams. Some of uh, you know, one of the other things was that I got to experience uh, Jirox special POI on the resource server. Yeah. So that was the first thing I. Well, actually, no, that wasn't the first thing I did. The first thing I did was attend an Alice in Wonderland themed build tea party uh, that some of the members on our server had put together, which was so touching and so sweet. Oh, that's awesome! And then. Even from his sick bed, Jerrock <laughs> populated the POI so that I could run through it with a group of people. And yeah, it sl- was just, it was. I was just to say, I slept for 16 hours that day, but I got up, you know, to eat your bathroom break and get some, like a bite to eat. But then I sat down, I said, oh, I'm going to spawn this dungeon and then go right back to bed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. And at one point, my kid is like in the background, like jumping on me it, during my stream. I kept my camera on pretty much the whole time for the stream. Uh, normally I just have my icon up and I'll jump to camera just to talk to people sometimes. But like for this, I kept my camera up the whole time. And so, <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, and then I've been working on another POI uh, because I made a garden in it. I am attached to it, not going out onto a rock <laughs> off the world so it can't be seen. So I've been I've been making a dungeon pretty based on Chirac saying, "Yeah, this is too ugly. This this breaks immersion." <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, on our season two server, we decided that, yeah, POIs were going to be immersive or if they're just like these dungeons where they're pretty on the inside, but the outside isn't decorated, then Uh those would be put somewhere the players couldn't access from the outside. But yeah, I am spending time (laughs) making this dungeon pretty. (laughs) No, that's awesome. I would prefer that, you know, we can place them in the world. So they're like these more immersive structures. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, I, that's been one of my videos. And then starting tomorrow, I know this is, uh, by the time this is released, it'll have been a couple of days. So there will be a new video up by then of I am starting a no map challenge run. Oh, nice. Uh, with a couple of different Twitch streamers, including our lovely Diamond Dust 320, who is, uh, her character is Marie or, uh, Mari or however you want to pronounce it on, uh, Jirok servers. And also, uh, a, a woman named Petrolux Gaming. And we're going to be having guests on a weekly basis. So, um, you know, other streamers, that sort of thing. We're going to be like, hey, come in and join us while we have adventures on the Nomad. Yeah. 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 The playthroughs, I think, are, are fun content. And that's why, you know, we decided to do our little uh, business givers playthrough. But yeah, it's fun mm -hmm. to see you starting a new series. I'd be curious to see how, yeah. how much fun well, you guys it's, have. It's thanks to you that I even care about Nomad. I was not convinced. I was I was so against it for so long. And you're like, come on, give it a try. <laughs> and so the no map challenge is is gonna be um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna progress in the game normally, but we're also the goal is to explore the entire map and we're gonna do a map reveal at the end uh to see how well we do. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Nice. just to see how much of the land you you actually explored and covered. Yeah. Do you have an objective or a time limit for it? Are you like uh, doing it f until you reach the final boss? Or yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do it until we reach the final boss, and then I'm not quite sure if we want to be like, hey, okay, we've killed Yag, and then we're gonna reveal how much of the map, or if we're gonna find Yagaluth and then try to explore the map as much as possible, and then kill. Yeah, as as the final event. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure yet. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, so we also have some server news and event updates that we wanted to discuss. And uh, morning, you're going to start us off with uh, our first news server news. Am I? Of course, I am. <laughs> <laughs> So in the month of April, we had several new members join us. And please forgive me if I butcher your names, but I, I will do my best. Uh, we had Ivor join us, uh, Isoradel, Tyrion, Doc Daffy, Kiljora, Dane, King David, Scubius, Mikolas, and Galbrand uh, was an early member who has returned to us. So it's very exciting. And then in this past week, we've had Hadetrex and Droog join us. So welcome, welcome, you guys. It's so wonderful to have you join the community. Yeah, it's great. And I've been hearing from uh, s several of these individuals that even in their short time here so far, that they're having a blast. So that's always Good. fun to hear. Oh, and and I do I do have some news for you, Jerak. Yeah, what's that? I was watching I was watching a Twitch stream the other day, and I was I was talking to them in the chat, and the guy was like, "Oh yeah, Morning Darkness. She's she's an admin over at the one of the most popular uh, <laughs> servers on uh, you know that's out there on you know on YouTube or whatever, but one of the most popular Valheim servers. So I thought you should hear oh. that other people are saying that about you." <laughs> oh, that's, that's, yeah, that is fun to hear that, you know, people have heard about us through the grapevine somehow. That's great. 
Uh, and yeah. if you're listening to this now, don't be shy. Come, come hang out. See if uh, multiplayer is is for you. Because peop- that we have a lot of different play styles on the server, and uh, they, I think we have um, room for just about every type of play style. Absolutely. That is the truth. That is absolutely well. We don't do a lot of PvP. Yeah, we had, oh, had some well, PvP events. Started. Well, yeah, there was, was there's, a few, there's a few kind of fun PvP things happening that are purely uh, based on consent of players just fooling around and and just playing playing out fighting. Uh, yeah, the, I've seen some stuff prop up recently. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if you, if you want to find out how to join the servers, um, I'm sure in the show notes and description, uh, there will be a link to Jirok's website and that's where you can find all the information to join. Yeah. Easy to find just jiroktheviking.com. But speaking of PVP, I have had, uh, several players ask if we can have an official Jirok's, uh, playground, uh, battleground server for oh. PVP events. Um, and yeah, if that gets popular enough, I guess we could potentially open up something like that. Just uh, somewhere where they could go and do PVP with some mods that that would force, you know, and keep it fair for everyone. And then, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to talk about it. You do you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how tuned Valheim is for PVP, but if people want to give it a try, you know, go for it. Um, and Gwen, yeah, had a, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say we had a bunch of uh, other events as well. There's uh, one that is ongoing for a week, which is a an auction that uh, a bunch of our community uh, managers have been organizing. Uh, we basically are trying to recycle, uh, for lack of a better word, as much of the uh, bases and uh, lands that was used by players that either have left the server or want to give up the bases that they've finished because they have other bases and other buildings that they're working on. So we've collected a number of those um, those locations and, and, and buildings and have put them up for auction, like a real estate auction. Um, and so, so yeah, so there's uh, three players in, or four players in our community who are running it. They've listed all the different locations put portals everywhere and it's basically like a silent auction. So you, we, we've got a, a trading channel on Discord that we use for people to post their uh, auction item and their bid. And uh, yeah, it's going to be open all week. There's a few very interesting and very beautiful builds on there. So it will be interesting to see what people do with them once they get it, if they keep them as they, they are and just move in or if they decide to um, to uh, do a, a different, you know, ad- adjustments to the buildings or just expand them and so on. So it will be interesting. Or just drop um, a workbench down and recycle all the materials. I hope, I, I think it would be. <laughs> A little bit against the spirit of it. And also some of the bids are quite high. So it's like, well, if you have that many coins, you might as well just purchase the materials from another <laughs> yeah. player rather than bidding on this. So I don't think it will be the case. Um, some of the loca- some of the builds might be bidded on because of their location. And maybe the people are trying to get the, lo- the spots and might change the building itself. Um, but yeah, either way, it's quite a fun thing to, to do. It's been keeping the community uh, busy and, uh, and yeah, there's been lots of bids and, and, and a bit of uh, competition there, which was fun. 
And we also apply the new member discount for the newer players that joined us. Uh, they get the they can bid and then they get the item half price just to give them a fair chance because some of the builds require a lot of coins, which are obviously it takes time to farm them. And if you're new to the server, it can be a bit tough to uh, find 2000 coins to put on a on a bid straight away. So um, I don't know how often we'll do this. I think probably every couple of months once we've amassed enough things of interest to sell on. Um, and yeah, it's just a, a fun thing that the community has been organizing. Yeah, I remember months and months ago when, uh, you know, we had fewer channels on our server <laughs> and somebody said to me once, can we have a uh, trade channel where we just discuss transactions? And I thought, well, we don't want to have too many channels in Discord, but uh, sure, we give it a try. If it gets used enough, we'll keep it because I've started lots of channels and, and removed them in the past because they didn't get used enough. And I think the trade channel turned out immediately to be the busiest channel on the uh, Discord server and still is today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because uh, for even for materials and things like that, people always post, oh, I'm looking for a stack or two stacks of fish. Is anyone selling that? Or, oh, you know, I've got uh, these items to sell and so on. So yeah, it's been very, very useful for that. Um, yeah, but also tomorrow is May the 4th, which for every Star Wars fan is an important <laughs> day. It's May the 4th be with you day. So we have a Star Wars build competition that we have announced months ago. So players have had a lot of time to build incredible things, which I'm sure we will see and I'll be showcasing on a stream. I'm sure Jurok, you'll be streaming as well tomorrow when we do the event. Of course, by the time this podcast is out, the event will have taken place. So you can go and check it out on both our channels. And I am so, so excited. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear one of my Star Wars t-shirts and do the whole themed thing. Oh, nice. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I have to celebrate May the 4th. Yeah. I'll probably be wearing but, a shirt and a hat, but it'll just be for me because you won't be able to see me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just for me. I'm not going to be on camera or anything. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just going to wear a themed outfit because why not? <laughs> uh, and, uh, and yeah, I, I, I'm trying to get my sister to make a little avatar, uh, uh, just change my avatar a little bit to make it Star Wars themed. I, I will, we'll see if she manages to do it. If she does, I'll, I'll showcase it proudly on Discord, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm so excited about that because knowing the incredible builders that we have and super creative builders that we have on the server, I'm sure some of those builds will blow our mind. I'm really looking forward to the very immersive ones, the ones where you walk in and you're like, oh, oh, I recognize this place. I, I recognize this environment. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll see. Actually, we we left the build, the competition quite open. We said that they could either build on the creative server or on the playground. So I'm really curious to see how many choose the creative server option. And, uh, and yeah, either way, it will be very fun to judge that competition tomorrow. Yeah, I haven't gone peeking around the creative server to see if I can find anything, but it should be good to see tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, and some other server news uh, we have. Uh, Morning Darkness mentioned earlier that there's been this really popular pyramid uh, point of interest on our resource server that resets every two weeks with a new map, a new seed, a new world. So people have access to new resources and new exploration. 
Uh, I usually put some do run some kind of an event over there or build a POI for people to visit. But uh, this time I went over to Valhemians.com and found a really big pyramid POI, which was pretty awesome. And uh, it was uh, basically built out to be a living space. So I spent about an hour going through and tearing all that stuff out and then building a, a path through it that took you all the way around the bottom and then up some stairs up to the top of the inside of the pyramid. And I placed nine chests throughout. And I, in each chest, I uh, placed a, a uh, what was it, a flint knife. And what I do with the flint knives is I put a crafted by name on it and it says relic fragment. And then there's a number and a number is just a code for the event. And this is part of our new relic fragment system on the server. So when you get 10 relic fragments from doing miscellaneous POIs and PO, uh, if server events, you can turn them in to get a uh, transmogged weapon or armor, which is a lower level or lower tier weapon or armor that's been raised up to a, a level maybe 10 or 12 or 14 or something to make it comparable to top tier stuff like padded armor or the porcupine, um, uh, you know, weapon this way, you know, people don't all have to use the same exact thing or dress the same. And people are loving the transmog system. And I wanted a, uh, another way for players to be able to have access to those. And so, uh, in the past, we had placed one interesting item in a POI or just a couple. And we had so many players go out there that only the first person to the chest would get it. And that just didn't seem fair. So we're doing this sort of, uh, what do you call it, like a, a currency system, which a lot of MMOs use. So anybody who participates in the event gets one of these relic fragments. And after they get 10 of them, they can trade it in for an item and and this uh, pyramid is popular so popular already i've i've repopulated it four times in the first week and uh, then people wanted me to keep running it even more so i started saying oh this is taking a little bit of time so why don't i use it as a gold coin sink and uh i had loki say well if you do, if you sac if you offer 3000 gold coins to Loki, uh, you know, to the gods, then Loki would respawn the pyramid for them. So it's it's turning into a good gold sink as well. And actually, the players are responding positively to that, so because you know it gives them something else to spend their gold coins on. Gotta have a grind. <laughs> when morning did the POI? How was the uh, the challenge level of the POI? Morning died so many times. I think I died seven times, six or seven times because the lag, like the lag would get me. And then there was a one point where it was like the vicious death spiral. <laughs> oh, when you're trying to retrieve your stuff. Yep. Yep. Um, oh but my I, gosh. Yeah. I remember seeing that. I was watching your stream while doing something else. I think I was sewing. And yeah, at some point you died like five times in a row every time bit by a mosquito or something, uh, a mosquito <laughs> or something while trying to retrieve your corpse. Well, yeah. and like, and it was crazy because, because I would, I would get to my body and I'd try to click on it and I couldn't open it. <laughs> mm. I couldn't get my stuff. So I'd be running around and run up to my body and spam it and not get anything and run away. And, <laughs> <laughs> but once we got inside the pyramid, it got decidedly more, um, challenging, but reasonable. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, maybe the and, lag dropped down a bit, huh? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't I'm not quite sure what what the contributing factors were, but like I really liked the room where there was just a little bit of a raised platform or raised floor piece. So like you could hop in there and there was a bunch of stuff that you had to fight, but you you they couldn't come out to you. So like initially there was just this long line of Draugr just coming out of the pyramid one after another, just being drawn to our the smell of our blood. it was great it was it was a great challenge i feel like it was really well well put together um the the final boss was fantastic he had so much hp Um, oh yeah i think the final boss was a uh, rancid skeleton who had armor and a shield in addition mm -hmm. to his big green glowing mace on those are always fun and i feel like with the stuff that was dropped he was like a level level high Level level eighteen or nineteen? Like- <laughs> level high. <laughs> yeah, he. I think he was level six or seven. If I get too much uh, higher than that, he spawns too much loot and will crash the server. So well, yeah. yeah, like when he died, I felt like I, I, my, my inventory all of a sudden filled up with like more than fifty bones, and oh, I was yeah. like, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, level high. <laughs> And I just want to take a quick break from the show to share with you one of my sponsors, The Grimfrost, an amazing company that sells really, really cool Viking products. They have over a thousand different modern and historical Viking products. If you're interested, you should check them out. I have a link in the description or you can go to my website, jirocktheviking.com slash Grimfrost. Now back to the show. Hey everyone, today we have a special guest returning, Nick Rawcliffe. Welcome to the podcast. Hi guys. Hey, hey welcome, welcome back. In. So you have a new challenge that you did and I'm excited to hear all about it. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, so uh, this is the uh, Valheim Swamp Only Challenge, where basically I figured out a way to turn the entire map into one giant swamp and then just tried to uh, defeat Bone Mass with a brand new character using only maps found in the swamp. You turned the entire world into a swamp world. How did you do that? I'm really curious. (laughs) Uh, Good question. (laughs) So, um, yeah, this is something that I wanted to do for a long time, uh, for actually almost a year. And it was kind of inspired by like the Minecraft kind of flatland seed where it's just essentially just turns the whole map into one biome. So I randomly just been keeping an eye on different mods and stuff. And uh, sometimes I use mods to test different speedrun strats just to save a little bit of time. Just stuff like uh, being able to build inside structures and stuff can be useful when finding new glitches. And via that, I found a a mod that was called world gen options. And, um, I just was checking out the mod normally, first of all, not thinking that this would be the way to turn the whole map into a swamp. And then, um, I just dug into the config file and it turned out there was actually a function that the modder made to just swap out a biome with another biome. And of course, because I've kind of been trying to figure out a way to turn whole map into one biome for a, a long time my first thought was what the hell happens if we just make it so we swap everything for a swamp 
Mm. Um, and so that, that was, that was the, uh, the first stage of, uh, just making the, the challenge possible was just, uh, figuring out the config file and, and testing it out and getting it to work. Um, but yeah, that, that's how, that's how we did that. Cool. I, I have a question for you on that mod, actually. Have you tested whether a world created with that mod and its uh, you know, tweaks to the world generation is regularly usable for players without the mod installed? Like, Can I use that to create a crazy world and then share that with friends who don't have that mod? Does it uh, work that way? <laughs> okay, so it doesn't really work that way, but it will create a crazy world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have tested that. And it just, the world just, when you, when you launch it vanilla after you've generated the seed, the world all of a sudden just makes no sense. You've got like different pieces of terrain just overlapping on each other. And, you know, it, 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 it kind of looks in some areas like you get biomes generated on top of biomes. It, it, so it basically just completely breaks the world for, for like a vanilla playthrough, which is kind of funny. Mm, interesting okay yeah i was just thinking about it for our use case we uh have like build servers where we build uh crazy blueprints that we can then copy and paste around to be interesting to have a world that was in totally totally explored mistlands so it's just vac- uh, vacant of any and all things just for yeah. building on but uh, i guess everybody would need that that mod installed yeah it's definitely something interesting to figure out i'll um yeah if i do figure it out i'll let you know cool so uh, what, what do you do during this swamp challenge? Now, the whole world is a swamp. Are, you, are, are all the bosses, uh, they, they, they don't all exist, right? Because it's just swamp? Exactly, yeah. So it's, li- it's literally just, just bone mass. One of the reasons why I got excited about making this video, because um, I tried with the challenge video series, um, you know, it's so time consuming that I just have to be excited otherwise it just i just won't do it <laughs> right uh, um but one of the reasons i got excited is because in fact this is what has inspired most of my challenge videos is just from figuring stuff out with a speed run oftentimes i'm just trying to figure out a weird way to kind of break the game or, or find some new glitch there isn't really a glitched official glitched speed on category yet because it hasn't there hasn't been any massively game-breaking glitches that save like a ton of time compared to like a glitchless run. But I'm still, but I'm always looking for them because I think it could be cool. And so you just kind of get these like weird, useless pieces of knowledge, not like knowledge where like, for example, for this video, I clip out of bounds uh, inside a crypt. And that happened purely because after the update where they added the sit-in log, I, I realized that that could be placed inside dungeons, as I'm sure many people did. But like, mm-hmm. obviously, one of the main ways people clip in, in Valheim is by using chairs, and chairs you can't place in there. So I just started messing with that sit-in log, and knowing that you can also place wood stacks, that is, that's how I kind of discovered the glitch where, in the video, I place the sitting log down against the wall facing outwards and then I place a stack of wood above it so it actually will block you from standing up so then when you sit on it you clip inside the logs but as you stand up the logs then push you through the wall and that's how you get out of bounds inside a dungeon 
without any doors or chairs. That's just like, that was a piece of information that was pretty much useless um, that I just randomly found by experimenting. And then like combined with figuring out how to turn the whole world into a swamp, all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. Like, I know that weird glitch about how to click out of bounds. That could actually allow me to collect withered bones without having a pickaxe. And so this is kind of how everything that I do ends up threading together and creates like a, a weird plan. And, and because all of a sudden I get excited about the video because it, it goes from not just a challenge video, but I get to show off some really weird tricks and glitches and use it as a bit of a showcase from some of these weirder things of the game, as well as just gameplay stuff. So a lot of the challenge is just doing stuff like that. Yeah, so I have a question for you about the withered bone thing. But yeah, I just released uh, last week four videos on that topic exactly because getting out uh, with just that sitting log, it's a little bit different in each uh, dungeon or cave because yeah. of the way the way the walls work and, and where you have to clip through, whether it be the side or through the top. But uh, yeah. how, how, how do you actually get withered? How does it help you get withered bones to to be able to clip on the outside of, of the dungeon. So the idea, so, okay. So because the, on the challenge, it's just mats from the swamp and we're starting a fresh character. We have no way of making a pickaxe. So that means that when we enter a crypt, it, no, it, it is obviously possible to get withered bone just right in that entrance way. And, you know, particularly if you get a few sort of rooms that don't have a uh, scrap pile up. So we can get withered bones that way. And uh, there's also the really rare chance they spawn in chests outside. But that all results in a situation where it's uh, going to be very hard to find 10 in any reasonable amount of time. And then on top of that, um, the fact that we also can't make any kind of boat means that we have to use a bunch of, you know, weird stuff to cross an ocean. So mm. the main way is to just, we actually have to swim across any bodies of water. So let's say we're exploring crypts, trying to find with the bones in the entrance. As soon as we've cleared up that one Island, we have to go to another one and we swim as far as we can in order to do this until we run out of stamina and then we just log out and log back in again to refill the stamina bar you just have to do that over and over and over again and so crossing anybody's water takes a long time and the fact that if you just looted entrance ways and did that you know there's no telling how long that could take like <laughs> it could take weeks it could take months but you, it's going to take a long time to find 10 yeah um and so the reason why I wanted to figure out another way was just to get the actual challenge video made. So the way it helps me get withered bones when we're inside those crypts is when you clip out of bounds, you can sort of run along the, the, the dungeon from the outside. And the rooms that are full of chests, I, I, call, I call them like tre treasure rooms. You know, you know the ones with like the the six different shells, so the three on either side that can have chests in inside yeah. crypts. Um, you know, 
those are, have a really high spawn rate of withered bone. Now, can and you also, I, can you identify those rooms from the outside when you're running on top of it? Yeah, yeah. That's so oh. basically you, you, that's just from spending lots of time <laughs> clip, clipping out of out of bounds. That you're looking for a very specific shape where you just see that rectangle shape and sort of the three pillars on either side, basically. And how do you get back and, down into the uh, cave? Is it sort of the same procedure as you got out of it? Yeah, so it's good that you mentioned about clipping just using the the sitting log um, because actually, the, usually, um, just to save wood, I, I clipped out of the crypt using the sitting log just by placing it on the shelf up high, uh, just from the, to the side of the entrance. But the 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 clip using the wood stack additionally is actually how we get back in because um, once we've identified that treasure room then what i have to look for like it doesn't actually actually doesn't end there with finding the room because then we need the dungeon generation to be as such that there's actually just a, a flat platform next to it which you will get sort of at different doorways or different dead ends sometimes create this situation where you have like a bit of a platform you can stand on next to it. And so that allows us to then place the sitting log and the wood stack. And, and that's where the wood specific sitting log clip with the wood stack helps us get back inside. Um, and that's how we get the stuff. And then, Ooh. then the, the next challenge is actually how the hell do we get out with it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my question next. <laughs> Well, I imagine as long as you have enough core wood, you can uh, get back out of that room that you're, you've just gone into. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So just using just the sitting log is usually enough to get out. But um, every time you do that, obviously any of the mats you use to uh, escape the room uh, get lost inside. So that means... Mm -hmm. Every attempt, we lose core wood and, and maybe some, uh, some wood stacks. And their core wood in particular in a world that's just swamp. Um, that means you're just going to run out and eventually you're going to have to find more shacks. And, and this kind of thing is where the, the whole cycle of the challenge of just all of a sudden core wood is, you know, as valuable as, you know, gold or something <laughs> for us. Yeah, so so you find the core wood from the ruined shacks that you find in the swamps. That's right. Yeah, that, that's okay. where. Yeah. And so you can get, so that way you can get fine wood too, right? Yes, you can get fine wood. Um, okay. So that has a slightly lower sort of drop rate, like because yeah. you're only going to get like a couple of fine wood. But once you get enough fine wood, you can then use the chair clip to get in the crypts. Um, so okay. it does help with, with, with that bit. Um, so it saves a little bit of time, but there's no um, fine wood clips once you're in a dungeon that we can do. Um, right. So yeah, eventually we wind up using chairs to get in and out of the crypts. Oh, get in, sorry. Not out. <laughs> so so I, have a, I have a really pressing question. What do you eat on this challenge? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> There's in in the video, I, I like I start out by sort of setting the scene for what the challenge is, and I explain that 
basically our only options are yellow mushrooms and red mushrooms. But okay. um, red mushrooms are actually pretty rare in the swamp. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because, you know, we're, we're only really going to spend time looting yellow mushrooms from the entrances of crypts, I kind of just gave up on food um, and, and just had no food for 90% of the challenge. <laughs> Were you running around just with 25 health the whole time? Yeah, 25 health and no armor wow. and, and like a stone axe for 90% of the time. <laughs> so were you just like basically just dodging and avoiding mobs as much as possible? Yeah, as much as possible. Yeah, just a lot of running away. But then, um, you know, once we get to a crypt, we'd, we just have to be able to loot it. So sometimes there'd be lots of mobs around a crypt and I'd just place a bed down safely on top and uh, just have to just fight all the drogas with, with just a stone axe, basically, and 25 <laughs> HP. <laughs> wow. It's too bad you can't have uh, entrails by themselves, either raw or cooked. I know, yeah. <laughs> or even the blood uh, bags. Oh, yeah. It's funny, like, so, somebody brought up during the challenge that, like, well, why don't you just eat yellow mushrooms? Because they do respawn. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but obviously, if you're just waiting for like three mushroom spawns to respawn over and over again to last the whole challenge, you're going to be waiting around for a very, very long time. <laughs> when I saw it in your video too, that um, because of the way the food decreases in stats over time, you could only uh, not be one shot basically take two shots yeah. from progress for the first three minutes or whatever after you ate the, the yellow mushrooms yeah that's yeah i'm glad you mentioned that actually i forgot about that <laughs> um, yeah that's the thing i think i can't remember the exact amount of time but yeah a minute or so after eating <sighs> both you'd be one shot anyway so that was another reason why i was like oh it's not even worth bothering <laughs> And you couldn't make portals because you, you, you don't have access to gray dwarf eyes. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the list of things I thought about including a list of things in the video. It's always weird to know what to include and what not to include because it could be like hours long. But yeah, like the, the list of things that we couldn't do is just so long. Like n- no boats, no bows, no armor, you know, no, no forge, no portals, you know, pretty much no food almost no weapons you know it's like yeah it's one of them ideas that on the face of it um it sounds simple but (laughs) when you start realizing what you can't make it just gets insane (laughs) well yeah they've designed it in such a way that you you can't really advance your level of technology until you move through the next biome and if you've only got one biome you're missing all those technologies even the very first stage because you're stuck in stone because you don't have access to flint and then you can't mine metals or smelt them so you can't make anything that requires metal pretty limited exactly exactly so how was it fighting an abomination (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I, i just well I ran away from pretty <laughs> Wait, wait, you bravely ran away. Come on, let's be honest. Yeah. There, there was even a, a time where um, I think I was trapped between an abomination and a wraith. And oh, I just, gosh. I, I just opted to just um, 
stand still in the one spot that didn't aggro either of them until daybreak. <laughs> so I actually just just sat and waited and, until the, the rave despawned. <laughs> wow, that, that, that sounds like fun. It, it sounds like um, a new challenge map I should make for my server because the challenges are already there. I don't even have to do anything once the world is created because they're so limited in, with, with their options. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if it sounds like fun, but it sounds intriguing. <laughs> I don't know, Nick sound like he <laughs> had it's a fun. challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I, I liked the idea of being able to do this. Um, because, you know, if you make in the world just one biome, it's like most challenge runs, the, the rule sets you create for yourself, you know, they're all synthetic. They're all soft rules that like you, you could just break them if you wanted to, you know? Um, but yeah, just things just outright not being possible. Um, so no, it's just something that I thought would be really interesting. And, um, yeah, this is all, uh, not including the fact as well. At first, when I started the challenge, there was actually, well, we discovered some things about how the world generation works and realized that, Basically, I was dealing with like one seventh the normal amount of, of structures. But so in the beginning, it was actually borderline impossible to find crypts. Yeah, that's a whole story in itself that I included in the video, um, which uh, I guess, yeah, might as well talk about it. So basically, as I was playing, I was saying to my chat, like, you know, crypts seem really, really rare for some reason. You know, structures in general, like shacks seem really rare. And um, we actually had someone in the chat that was trying to learn how to make Valheim mods. And they were saying that they'd, they'd seen in the console when, when they're launching the game or whatever, that there's basically a, a hard limit of, I think, 400 crypts um, on every world. Oh, right. Um, they do have a hard limit oh, no. for a lot of things. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh. Right. So this is something that was completely unexpected and 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 obviously it kind of makes sense because they're just randomly spawning stuff in they didn't have a hard limit they'd just be everywhere right so yeah like after i was trying to just play that out and then i was thinking about how the challenge was really gonna go and i kind of realized that you know limiting to 400 crypts you know when you've got like a a meadows a a black forest a, a swamp um Mountain of plains, a great north, a ashlands, a mistlands. It's only one tiny sliver of the map where those crypts can even spawn. So they're still relatively dense when it's 400. But when it, like all of those biomes were turned into swamp, you know, including ashlands and uh, great north. So it meant like they were just insanely rare. You know, like, like I said, it's pretty much one seventh of what it should have been. And um, basically, I was kind of realized that the challenge didn't become impossible. It just got to the point where I could have been spending the next couple of months working on it. And uh, I was kind of a bit disheartened about it because I was like, this wasn't the concept of the video, you know, Mm. like I wanted it to be like my, my world is like an entire map of one of your swamps, you know, like the viewers, when they play the game, they know what swamp should look like. And so I wanted my whole world to be just like that. And 
actually originally they were actually quite barren, um, which is just like I said, it's a bit disheartening. It, it was going to take me forever. And and what actually ended up happening was um, a member of our community, shout out to Honey Badger or, or Carl. He um, he actually made a mod that turned up the hard limit. Oh, I was just going to ask you about that because the modder who who built that mod to make the world all swamp, that definitely would be a nice option to have to change the limit on how many things. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's not. I don't think it's publicly available yet, and it, and it wasn't like configurable um, mm-hmm. because it was because it was just you know he just threw it together real quick just to help me out. But but what we. He just told me that he, you know, he, he realized he could quite easily just increase the, the cap on the number of crypts. And we just went backwards and forwards a few times on like turning it up by a certain amount and see what it felt like. But we literally just ended up on just multiplying it by seven, which it, you know, made it exactly the same as like a normal swamp. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up in stuck like having that mod additionally. Uh, but it wasn't like configurable or anything. Like once uh, Honey Badger sent it me, that's what I rolled with. But I think it's a really cool. Um, it's a pretty cool thing that I think we, a lot of players would uh, probably like that to experiment with that mod. I personally would like to see him uh, release it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That I was just going to say that sound sounded like. A, a mod option I would request right away from a couple of the modders that I work with if I were going to try to use that map because you don't want your world to be so barren that it's it's kind of uninteresting. But uh, can you tell us uh, about your bone mass fight? Like how many times did you die? How long did it take to kill him? And what were some of the biggest challenges trying to kill him with only 25 health and no almost no armor and weapons? <laughs> yeah so um i don't think i i didn't die and it didn't take that ah. long because again from speedrunning and stuff we we just it, it's kind of funny because it's a little bit anticlimactic um to the video because what i did was just clip inside the skull because mm. for some of my other challenges i guess it's worth explaining like i do it without glitches because a lot of particularly more casual players that might not be into speedrunning, which I want those people to enjoy my videos too, you know, they're not into glitches. They wanted to see you play straight up. And I've done that a lot. And that to me is, you know, I'm not bored of it, but it's, it's not that much of a big deal to me anymore to just do things glitchless all the time. Because I do it pretty much every day, like doing glitchless speedruns anyway. And one of the things that got me excited about the video was, like I said, like showing off weird glitches. And when my view on it was, <laughs> once you get to the point where you're turning the whole map into one big swamp, then the game engine isn't even coded in such a way, you know, to do it without being completely barren. So you, you're basically modding the game again to make normal swamps. And then you're doing all this clipping where you're going out of bounds. Like, we're already completely broken the game. Yes. <laughs> um, so I was like, we might, I might as well just go, just completely break the game in every way I could kind of think of for the challenge. And so, glitches, any kind of glitches 
was allowed in this challenge. That was sort of part of the appeal to me because I don't usually get to do them on stream and stuff. So we clipped. There's two ways. Well, there's technically three ways to clip into the skull uh, where bone mass spawns in. You can either do a chair clip. Um, you could do the sitting log with the stack on top of it. Or you could use a door to just push yourself in. But we used a chair clip. And basically, first of all, when you spawn bone mass in, you need to quickly clip inside the skull before he actually appears. So he doesn't aggro. And you also, once you clipped in, need to make sure you, you would uh, deconstructed whatever structure you use to clip inside. Because even if he doesn't aggro on you, which he won't do if he can't see you, but if he aggroes on the structure that you left behind, that will still kill you because it's right next to you. Um, and then from there, you just need to be able to put down a workbench inside the skull uh, with a little roof on it so that you can endlessly repair your level one club. Um, <laughs> I also just made a load of as many level one clubs as I could um, as well. Uh, and then he'll, he'll, he'll come up to you. He'll, he's still kited, but he's not aggro. So he'll sort of stand next to the skull and you basically just hit him over and over again. Uh, but it gets kind of weird where uh, you can't see the skull from the inside because uh, it only renders on one side of the texture. Um, so if you, it's really easy to accidentally leave the skull. And if that happens, you, you just die. So uh, normally I, I try and stand on, on the runestone at the back of the skull that contains like the, the bone mass floor on it or whatever, the hint. Um, I use that as like a marker to just keep me pinned against the wall of the skull. Because if you, if you peek out at all, it's basically just game over. When I did that same sort of thing, fighting Yagloth in one of my videos from a while back, where I clipped into the big fingers, what I did is I put the little short, uh, little walls or something uh, around the edge so that I could get right up next to it and still hit Yagloth, but not accidentally step out because then, yeah, he, he'd kill me right away. Yeah, yeah I was going to really say in the... And if you want to make it, because the skull is quite small, so if you want to make it so it doesn't take too much space, you can use the signs and make basically a wall of signs just at the edge so that you don't accidentally step out, but it's thin enough that you can get close enough to hit. Yeah, th th those are all uh, totally legit. Like Usually speedrunners, for that kind of thing, they just use just the beams. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because uh, they work good as well. Um, but yeah, totally legit. Do you even have access to coal in a swamp only world? Yeah, certlings. Oh, certlings. Yeah, certling yeah of course. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I thought you managed about, to kite them in the water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought about trying to fight abominations with a bonfire as well, because mm. that's something that I do quite a lot. Um, but, uh, or yeah. the circling flames, just kite them in a circle. Or actually, I'm curious, yeah. were those uh, reduced in frequency like the crypts as well? Um, yeah. But with, yes, that, those um, crypts, shacks, uh, certainly spawners were all reduced at first, so yeah. core wood became a massive problem. But uh, that was all fixed with, with the mod that Honey Badger made for us, so that was yeah. awesome. Cool. And talking, did you have to increase the frequency of um, of all the spawners and the uh, kind of points of interest? Basically, all of the points of interest that I believe were turned up, so that it basically was exactly like a normal swamp but just okay. the whole world 
Um, yeah, I think bone mass. The stuff to do with bone mass spawns, I, I would guess there was a hard limit on that. That was unaffected, but it would have been. But I'm not 100 percent sure on that. That wasn't that didn't become a factor though. Yeah, there probably is some stuff that there was a hard limit on that what that we didn't change that just didn't come up. You know, all of the key points of interest were put back to normal. Yeah, makes sense. And and you were talking about the glitches and uh, and you know that you might as well just completely break the game. It, do you think the challenge is even possible without using the glitches? Um, let Probably me not, right? That. Because you 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 couldn't find another legit way to get into the crypts to get the uh, the stuff you need to summon bone mass. Oh yeah, you can't do it. Yeah, getting into the the crypts. Well, it is possible. It is possible. Just take longer. But it just, uh, uh, yeah, it probably it would take a very, very long time because you you can get the bone mass rune from one of the towers. You could get the withered bones from the chests, like I had to do for the Valheim in reverse challenge. Uh, and then when it comes to fighting bone mass, you could probably do it with just with enough corpse runs probably but it would be an extremely long boss fight (laughs) well nick uh this sounds super exciting and people should definitely go and check out your video but uh we had one more question we were wondering about how long did it take from start to finish for this entire uh adventure in real time oh that's a good question i can actually tell you the exact number but look it up on my YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, it was three streams um, to actually do the gameplay for the challenge. But the first two was before we had the world generation fixed with Honey Badger's mod. And I actually just started all over again once we fixed the spawn, rate, fixed the spawn rates for that. So it is uh, four, eight, about 14 hours of just the gameplay. Um, but the last one was was the we started again. So it's about six hours of the gameplay uh-huh. but the one successful sort of playthrough of the challenge. But this is obviously a really weird and unique challenge in that like I said, I I, I wanted to do this like a year ago. So so it's been like just one of them things I just randomly would think of and ex- experiment with with different glitches and and mods and stuff, just in my downtime for like a year, basically. And 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 some of the glitches that I used for the challenge was found in you know just random glitch hunting sessions of like a few hours at a time, like several months before we even started the challenge. But What's yeah, up, just guys? in terms of raw gameplay for the challenge, it was. Six hours, where it was 14 hours, including the failed attempts. And then, yeah, like the glitch hunting and stuff, I probably had a few hours on at least mm. to that. On and the then uh, mm-hmm. the actual the video itself, I tried my hardest. To, I always, with these challenge videos, try and make the latest one, like the best video I've ever edited. And, you know, I, I spent like almost two, two whole weeks just, just editing that one video and figuring out what I wanted it to look like and stuff. 
Oh, yeah. That's something uh, people don't realize is the editing process always takes longer. They think, oh, I want to start doing YouTube videos and they'll sit down and they'll record 20 minutes, an hour, two, three hours of footage. And then they start editing. And then I always hear from people, oh, my gosh, I've been editing for like the last week and I'm still not done. <laughs> yep. That's where all the work gets done. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, so your oh, yeah. your video is called My Whole Map is Swamp. Can I Beat Bone Mass? It's on YouTube. Uh, can you tell the listeners where they can find you, uh, what your YouTube channel and, and your other social medias are? Sure. You can uh, find pretty much all my content on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Nick Rawcliffe. I stream almost every single day uh, doing Valheim World Record speedrun attempts. Uh, on that YouTube channel. And I also uh, stream on Twitch at the same time as well, if you'd rather watch over there at twitch.tv slash Nick Rawcliffe. And you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Rawcliffe AF. That's so awesome, Nick, to hear about this. I, you know, I, I want you to come back when you've got another cool challenge, but I have to say, I'm still waiting for that no map challenge. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot. We need to really get in the, yes. We need to do some some figure out some uh, challenge collab, and I should do some no map challenge. <laughs> well, no thanks map so much for having me, guys. No, no map all planes. Oh, oh <laughs> no map all planes. Oh my! <laughs> well, but, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me, anyway, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure as always, and uh, yeah, happy to always happy to discuss Valheim with anyone. It's still such a great game, so. Yeah, I, ho I hope you guys uh, enjoy the rest of your show anyway. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Thanks, Nick. Nick. See you around. Bye. I wanted to uh, go over just uh, briefly, I wanted to jump to our Valheim for Tabletop Games segment. And uh, Morning Darkness, uh, I know that you were really interested in this subject. Can you tell us a little bit about how Valheim might be used for tabletop games and... You're limiting me to just a little bit, like yeah, one thing. Yeah, I thought we were going to do a thing. whole episode on this. Yeah, no, no, we, we could tease. Yeah. We could tease We've one got like little 10 thing. Minutes max. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tease right. one thing each episode. All right, one thing that I have not seen anyone else do, and I was watching Darkest Sunshine on Twitch, uh, and he and I are doing a lot of collaborating on this particular subject. But he just had this like beautiful inspiration at one point where you can use, especially it was just after the map reset update so that you can reset your map and, and, you know, do some stuff that way. So the idea is that you can use the cartography table to display an enemy map. Mm -hmm. So how I imagine this would work is you would build up a base and place down a cartography table and then reset your map. And have like a list somewhere else of like go to teleport spots where you can teleport to other locations and then go there and mark on on your map that is completely reset points of interest or or the enemy map, you know, uh, where another base camp might be, where some important resource might be, or some sort of artifact might be. And then teleport back to your cartography table and record that and then block off the recording section uh, so that no one else can look at it. And that way you have a map preserved with just the images and, and locations that you want. And I thought that that was such a cool idea that you can have this sort of immersive feel of 
entering a dungeon or entering an enemy camp and then looking and going, oh my gosh, this is our next place. This is our quest mark. This is where you go. And and I just, I loved that idea. So if you're looking to use Valheim for tabletop role-playing of any kind, I feel like this is a really fun way to immerse your players and do something um, really interesting and that will drive them to the next spot. So for a tabletop game, would you be using the Valheim map as the as a virtual map uh, for the world that they're playing in? And yeah. that's that's how they would they would look at that. You would show them the table too in the game. I guess one the GM would be streaming the map for them after, yeah. after once they in once in the v- tabletop version when they get to a map room then you could show them the actual map streamed from your computer yeah yeah that's that's really fun yeah very cool idea and valheim has a lot of tools especially with mods i think that would make tabletop gaming uh, add a lot to tabletop gaming and we'll get to more of those discussions uh each week as we develop more and we have one member on our server who actually ran a game uh recently and we're going to try to get him on to to talk about that how he used Valheim for his tabletop game. But Thorin, favorite things, what do we got this week? Yeah, so we're bringing this segment back again, uh, our favorite things in Valheim. This week we would like to know what everyone's favorite tree in the game is. So Gwen, why don't we start with you? As a decorator, of course, the birch tree <laughs> will be my favorite, mm. not only because of the drops and the fine wood that it will drop, but also because it's a really pretty tree. I like that it's not too big so that you can have them in and around your base and your garden and so on. So, and without blocking the view. Um, and I like it because it's quite distinct from the others and with the, with the white, uh, uh, how do you call it? Tree trunk. It makes it look quite cool. So yeah, I like that one. Mm-hmm. How about you? Nice. The white bark. Yes, yes bark. The bark. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Words are hard. <laughs> yeah, I think I would say the same, um, maybe for slightly different reasons. I mean, I do like that it's uh, kind of small and out of the way for builds, but uh, mm-hmm. something about the forests of birch trees that you get in the plains. I, I hate hanging out in the plains because of all the stuff that'll come and attack you, but I find the forests really beautiful in there. Um, otherwise, the biome is a little bit plain, but... The birch forests are are really pretty. I also quite like pine trees just because I'm in the northwestern North America. So, uh, and I live in the forest basically. So we got lots of cedars and that type of thing here. So cedars and pines. So feels like home uh, in the black Mm -hmm. forest. Those would be my two. Nice. Morning. How about yourself? My favorite is the oak. I, I, it is so big and it's so bulky and it's so challenging to build around, but I absolutely love it. I think it's just gorgeous. And I love yeah. to be able to clip into it and you can put stuff inside. <laughs> I just, all of it. I, I love all of it. I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> you will, you will find in one of the POIs that I'm beautif- beautifying that has been done. Yeah, yeah. Another yeah. great thing about the oak is that it makes a beautiful table once you cut it down. The oh, stump. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the uh, oak trees that you find, the game-generated ones that you find in the middle of a me- an actual meadow. So no trees. It's all clear. It's in the meadow's biome, but also like a, a, a big flat area. And then there's this one 
oak tree right in the middle. Uh, I, I love that sort of scenery. And it's quite mm -hmm. funny, I don't know, probably in other countries too, but you often see that actually in the countryside. You'd be driving past fields and then like suddenly one big oak tree in the middle of the field that hasn't been cut down that the farmers are just kind of working around. I, I, I always like that in uh, real life too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, for myself, uh, I, I, I do love all the trees in the game. They have different uses, but all the way back to my first playthrough, uh, I fell in love with the guck tree because uh, you get that really nice environment of, of a dark environment in the swamps all the time. And so any lighting you put up, you know, you, I really love lighting things. So you get this beautiful lighting all the time. And back in the day, there was no green light that source that you could have easy access to. You could make the green torch, but you had to farm guck, which was a bit of a pain in the butt back in the day. Nowadays, we could do it with the abomination, luckily. But uh, the only other way to get green light was to build a treehouse around a guck on a, on the uh, guck tree. So, mm -hmm. so that's what I did. And I had perpetual green light without mods and without having to harvest guck all the time. I had a perpetual green light source and it just looks really cool. And it's another decorative lighting thing that you just don't see unless you build on a guck tree. Uh, so that was that was my favorite from my first playthrough because of that. And uh, it still kind of holds a special place in my heart for that. Nice. Mm -hmm. And Gwen, we have one final segment. You want to take us through it? Yeah, we're bringing this back from many, many weeks ago uh, where we were talking about interesting facts about us, non-Valheim related ones. Yeah. So, yeah. How about you start uh, Morning Darkness? What can you tell us an interesting fact about you? Uh, sure. So I, I actually tend to be pretty crafty and I have been for a long time. Like I, I actually made the bridesmaids dresses for my wedding Ooh. and I, I like fiber crafts, sewing, crocheting. I can't knit to save my life. Um, mm. needlepoint, that sort of thing. I'm learning how to tablet weave and I will try to come up with the most challenging project possible to learn how to do these things on. <laughs> so the most I'd ever done sewing before was just like stitching a, a Renaissance fair shift together. And so really to learn how to sew, I did my bridesmaids dresses. That was really my first big project. And I worked with satin and chiffon. Oh. Oh, and, oh, why? And, and, why? <laughs> Just for the people who are not used to sewing, satin is, uh, well, you probably know what satin is. It's this very uh -huh. silky, very slippery, as slippery. in it will slip on everything you put it on, including in your hands. Uh -huh. uh, and chiffon is this really thin, uh, almost like uh, transparent Paper. fabric. Paper. Yeah. Exactly, which uh, is obviously because it's really thin. It's imp it's very difficult to sew through without completely ripping the fabric. So the two most challenging. Did you put any velvet in there? Because that would just be the trio <laughs> of death. Uh, no, but I'm going to be working on a velvet cape uh, this month. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why do you do this to yourself? <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I did boning, and I did princess cut, and I did embroidery. On, on all of these dresses, or well, there were two dresses and then there, I did the vests and ties for the guys and I had a, a bridesman. So that made it a little bit easier. But yeah, so like 
uh, or with like uh, needlepoint, I I took this um, like super complex petit point uh, f- fall fairy <laughs> pre-made image <laughs> to learn how to needlepoint. So so yeah, that that is that is something that I do. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that is a uh, very brave and. Uh... Yeah, perseverance is probably the word. <laughs> I think those kind of projects, I, I end up just like, I don't know, wanting to burn the whole thing down. Uh, but I, I know what you mean. Once you started, you're like, no, I will not be beat by a project. I will yes. get through this. You get me. <laughs> cool. Um, how about you, Thorin? Any crafty things or other interesting things that you, you get onto outside of Valheim? Yeah, well, we were talking about tabletop games earlier. Uh, I used to paint miniatures a whole bunch when I was younger, uh, like Warhammer, basically, or other uh, D&D figurines and that kind of thing, and haven't done it in quite a while, but I had a friend recently start playing uh, Warhammer 40k Kill Team. It's like a little mini version of Warhammer 40k, so you don't need a whole army. You only need you know a group of 5 to 15 guys. And so uh, I just bought a few miniatures to kind of get back in the swing of things. So just been setting those up to start painting, uh, which I'm looking forward to. I really enjoy painting those tiny little dudes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I cool. used to love painting miniatures back when I w- <laughs> played tabletop games. It's been so long for me, though. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to share some of my newest images with you, Thorin. <laughs> yeah, would love to to see you and chat about them. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, Tolkas is uh, also a big uh, Warhammer fan, so there's uh, quite a lot of people on our server that uh, do share that common interest. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jirok? When I got out of the military back in 98, I went to school, sat in front of the computer, put on a bunch of weight, and eventually thought, okay, I need to start working out. So I started. I joined a gym it's probably about 15 or so years ago. And started working out regularly and started feeling better and less back pain and all that stuff. But uh, a couple of friends of mine at the gym got me uh, to do a thing called a Tough mutter, which is uh, like... Oh, my word. Yeah. It's like an 11-mile obstacle uh, race. Uh, I think it's 11. I forget. 10, 11-mile obstacle race with a bunch of tough challenges that, you know, if if you've done a bunch of CrossFit type workouts, you, mm-hmm. you'd be pretty good at. And the first couple uh, tough mutters I did were super tough, and I did a bunch of others. I did um, uh, Spartan and a bunch of others. Forget what they're all called now, but uh, I eventually uh, did nine of them total because I was trying to do my tenth one. Because you get you get different color headbands. You start off with orange, and then after like three or four, you get like a green one, and then a pink one, and then a blue one. And at 10, you get your black one. Well, I did nine and I was getting ready to do my 10th one. This was about three and a half years ago. And then I did, I completely tore the ACL on my left leg. And it took me two years to recover from that. And now another year and a half later, and I still have yet to do my my 10th one and pretty much because the pandemic got in the way. And so eventually in my future, maybe I'll do my 10th one and finally, finally get my black headband and then probably put it all behind me because <laughs> I'm uh, 
get I, I i'm pretty much done with those um endurance races uh, and, and whatnot not that i was ever super you know a super athlete to begin with i just you know somewhat fit and and had fun with it but yeah the pandemic and a torn acl has has changed me quite a bit <laughs> yeah those are super fun i did a uh this the mini version the i think um uh, I did the five kilometer version where normally it's like either 12 or 20. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, but I'm definitely not fit enough to do the the whole thing. Um, but we did it with a group of friends and it, I was kind of dragged into it a little bit, but <laughs> you know, up for, up for trying and it ended up being super, super fun. Um, I ended up doing twice a 5k uh, because the first time around uh, one person who was supposed to be doing it with us who had initiated it actually um ended up being injured and couldn't do it so we had to do it again the the year after uh and uh yeah it's super fun i what i really enjoyed uh, of course the obstacles and everything was fun but uh the atmosphere is great it's it's not competitive it's not a race it's more everyone helps each other the whole goal is that everyone and finishes the race so finishes and achieves all the uh, the, the obstacles and so on. So I, when I did it, I found it incredibly supportive. Everyone around us was, were helping get us over the walls and things like that. So yeah, it's, those are quite fun. I, I have brought out, uh, as many people as I could get for each one a, a couple times, it was mm -hmm. just two or three of us. And the biggest one, I think I had 47 people from my gym. I got to go out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That was our big one. Um, and yeah, it was, it, it's awesome because everybody helps everybody over and through yeah. each obstacle and you even end up helping strangers too, or they help you. And it's just a great great environment and and day mm -hmm. day out you know regardless of your your physical levels if you can you know a lot of people even walk it if if you know they have uh, you know issues i've even i even got my mother-in-law um and my father-in-law out to one once and and they walked most of it but they still had a good time <laughs> how about you gwen how about me uh yeah well i don't know what do you want to know i can't think of any specific thing how about uh, what is one of your favorite movies and why? Oh, my favorite movie. Uh, it's going to be an animation movie, strangely enough. I think I will say it is Nightmare Before Christmas. And Ooh. I love that movie. I love a lot of Tim Burton stuff, mostly because of the whole universe um, and the aesthetic and all of that. But Nightmare Before Christmas, I don't know, it just, I remember watching it as a kid and it just completely captivated me. And since then, it's always been my kind of comfort movie. I watch it at least once a year for Halloween, maybe mm. sometimes also for Christmas. And it's one of those movies that I just love watching over and over again. It's my, my little comfort thing where when I'm feeling a bit down or when I'm tired or whatever, I just watch that. Yeah, I always I always default to asking people their favorite movies because I I think it it it's telling a lot of um you know the kinds of things a person likes but also especially if you relate it to your childhood or something like the movie may or may not hold up uh but if it still brings you comfort or or brings back good memories and and that's definitely mm -hmm. a good one the the art in that uh film is is 
it's just amazing to look at. So yeah. that's a good, great. And because pick. it's all stop, yeah, and because it's all stop motion and uh, made with models and things, it doesn't. It's it's not CGI, so it holds up well to time. And uh, the music is is amazing. And the I, I love musicals in general. But I think I've got uh, weirdly enough a lot of my favorite musicals and movies too are quite kind of on the dark side. Oh. <laughs> like one of, a, of my other favorite musicals is uh, Sweeney Todd, which mm. uh, if you know the story, it's uh, quite, a, quite a gory one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anything a little bit dark, a little bit mysterious like that, I don't know, I've, I've, I have a bit of a fascination for. Uh, you, 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 you and my wife would enjoy watching uh, Sweeney Todd together probably or discussing it because she loves that movie. And for me, I, I have a problem with musicals in general because uh, I'm looking for a little more traditional st story narrative. And when somebody stops in the middle of a scene and starts singing, it kind of drives me nuts. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, a lot of people do. It's like a, musicals are a love or hate thing. I think yeah. a lot of people really love them or just can't stand them. But I think I've, I mean, I grew up on Disney movies, so I got used to kind of the sort of musical style. But um, I do actually enjoy going to the theater, watching musicals live too, um, which uh, Sweeney Todd, I watched live and it was incredible. There's so many, I, th I don't know, there's something about uh, singing a story makes it very, very epic uh, in some ways. And if the story is great already to start with, then I don't know, it just adds more to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like seeing them in, in person, just not on the screen as much <laughs> yeah i mean there's not that many movies that do uh musicals like actual musicals that were uh, on stage before being on screen uh, a lot of those movie adaptations don't really hold up to the thing but hey if it makes it more accessible to to the general public and gets the story out there a lot of these stories are, are quite old and the musicals some of them have been around for a very long time like sweeney todd yeah, so for sure yeah well, yeah, there's only a few musicals I can stand. And I think it probably because it goes back to my childhood and it reminds me of, of that. And it's uh, musicals like um, uh, Mary Poppins. Uh, no, not Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> I actually can't stand that movie because of the singing. But it's like uh, uh, The Wizard of Oz or Charlie, uh, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or mm -hmm. uh, Grease. Oddly enough, I love Grease. Oh, yeah. I love that <laughs> movie. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for us for this week's every, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Goodbye. Have a good time. Good week. That. <laughs> <laughs> words. <laughs> words. Words are hard. Words are hard. <laughs> well, that's it for now. Have fun out there. Thank you for listening to Podheim, Jirox Valheim podcast. We have new episodes coming out every Friday. And if you enjoyed listening, please support us by subscribing to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a rating and a review to help more Vikings find us. We also have a Patreon with perks for supporters like behind the scenes discussions, exclusive content and segments that are edited out of the main podcast. And if you'd like to join our friendly Discord community, we have more than a thousand people there. Just go to discord.gg slash the Viking. If you'd like to play on my Valheim servers, just go to my website at jirockthevikingcom and submit an application. 
I'd like to give a huge shout out to my supporters, some of them on Patreon, the YouTube membership, and the ones who help boost our Discord server. Your support means the world to me and inspires me to make more videos, as well as run a community Discord and multiple Valheim gaming servers. If you enjoy my videos and would like to support my work, join our friendly Discord community and Valheim servers, links can be found in the description below. Skull!